Hello and welcome to the Daily Zen Podcast. My name is Charlie Ambler, creator of the Daily Zen. Um, If you found this, it's probably either because you discovered it on iTunes or you follow twitter.com slash dailyzen, which is where the Daily Zen lives. Excited to announce, I don't think I have recorded anything since it happened, but I uh, redid the entire Daily Zen website last week. Uh, It had been years since I had coded anything new on it because I had been using Medium to publish various essays and other things like that. But I redid the site. Um, I added a feature that is a little widget that generates random quotes from a giant collection that I've amassed over the years. Um, I added a more cohesive donation platform and... There's a whole archive of stuff on there, and I'm working on bringing all the old stuff in from Medium, which will be cool over time. So the eventually the full collection of writing will be there, but it's going to be a slow process moving it over. But in the meantime, I'm going to be writing, trying to write 500 to 1,000 words a day. been waking up really early and focusing on that lately. And... Uh, Yeah, please uh, give any feedback if you have any, and I hope that the site is. I hope that the site works as well for everybody as I have anticipated. Anyway, um, today I posted on Twitter asking what topics you wanted me to discuss, and one that was most interesting to me this week to discuss was Ragnar Freyr. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but he suggested discussing exercise and movement practice. He says the intrinsic slash extrinsic motivation and discipline it needs and how we can be aware of our feelings surrounding that. And um, I just got back from a run slash gym session, so it seems pertinent enough to discuss exercise now that I'm out of breath and sweaty. So I started seriously exercising about four years after starting to meditate, and I was kind of reluctant at first because it had all these associations of exercise with um, people I was friends with in high school and jocks and stuff and I was kind of a nerd and never really did it but then I had a roommate freshman year at college who got me to start weightlifting and that practice combined with meditation has I think pretty much single-handedly gotten really helped me push through the most difficult challenges and weaknesses that I've had over the past seven it's been like six or seven years. And so I think it's not only is it relevant to discuss exercise when we talk about spirituality or we talk about Zen, but it's relevant to explore how they're pretty much at certain times, there's not much of a difference between the two. And the same way that your daily activities and your work and creative activities and things like that can become exercises in meditation and mindfulness a regular and intensive exercise regimen sort of 
provides the perfect uh, bridge between the needs of the mind and the needs of the body. I think one of the biggest pitfalls that people experience when they just practice meditation or they just practice even yoga is a certain overcompensation on the part of the mind to make up for ways that the body might be making the mind feel. And anyone who's started, whether it's a running regimen or a lifting regimen or uh, mixed martial arts or CrossFit or whatever it is, could probably tell you very confidently that you notice as soon as you hit the three times a week to five times a week mark, a marked difference in temperament, mood, outlook on life, everything, just sort of, you know, realizing that there's a deeply physical component to the way we think and the way we see the world and the way we feel, which like that's obvious. And people are willing to acknowledge that when it's convenient for them, like when a doctor is telling them that the easiest way to make themselves feel better is by, you know, maybe taking some sort of drug or whatever. Um, And a lot of times that's, you know, required, but there's a more subtle transition that occurs when we realize that how we're feeling is very intimately tied to how we're acting and how we're treating the body. And if, you know, it's hard when you're, if you're feeling deeply anxious or you're feeling depressed, it's hard to get yourself to commit to some sort of new habit or new practice, especially one that's demanding of time or energy. But doing so is very, it's sort of like the spark that ignites this potentially lifelong practice of integrating your meditation and your desire to think on a different level with a sort of necessity for your body to move and experience itself and improve its conditioning and understand the importance of nutrition and all this different stuff. And in that respect, I think the relationship between exercise and spirituality in popular culture is very interesting because both things, if you want to call them things, are sold to people kind of under the guise that they're going to help you or improve your life sort of as a means to an end, whether you're trying to be more attractive looking or you're trying to maybe perform at a higher level at work, uh, have more endurance, have more energy, stuff like that. When in fact, there's sort of these fundamentally human practices that serve the purpose of making us feel especially alive and especially human to the point that that benefit kind of supersedes all the others. And it's difficult to get ourselves in the mindset where we want to commit to something that isn't necessarily immediately beneficial or immediately gratifying to us. You know, meditation, when you first start doing it, your mind wanders, you don't really want to focus, your thoughts are just kind of everywhere like a tornado, and there isn't really, it doesn't seem like there's much of a point, and it's precisely because there is no point and because we have to make peace with that while we sit that meditation is beneficial. It's kind of paradoxical. 
exercise is very similar in that a lot of times it's uncomfortable, it's painful. We're met with immediate resistance from our own bodies when we try to push ourselves. And the mindset that gets stuck in the external world and gets easily attached and wants instant gratification and makes itself neurotic and miserable is the same mindset that doesn't want to commit to something that's uncomfortable or difficult. The irony being that that's precisely the reason why the activity is valuable. So when we exercise, it's not just rehearsing the same, hopefully for, for most of us, it's not just rehearsing the same activity over and over again. It's making incremental progress not to reach some sort of grand finale or grand conclusion, but to prove to the self and prove to uh, sort of your heart of hearts that you're capable of pushing yourself and persevering through various challenges and things like that. And in that respect, when people, I just know from experience um, that the way to find the discipline to commit to those sorts of things is to sort of not approach them with a logical or a rational mind or even an emotional mind, but just to sort of, if you if you want to commit to something and you're wondering why you can't, say to yourself, I'm just going to try this. I'm going to see how it goes. I'm not going to judge myself. I'm not going to overthink it. And in doing that, you sort of establish a, a precedent that you can then later on surpass. It's that simple. So like this week, you know, the same way that you would if you just started meditating, meditate five minutes a day each day this week. Simple enough. You do that and you just stick to it. You try not to think about it too much. Maybe you miss one or something, but you do your very best to stick to that. And then next week you reassess and maybe you go up by one minute or you go up by five minutes or whatever. And, you know, the mind needs that. It needs that sort of gradual growth because changes happen slower than we think, slower than we want to think. And a great side effect of that for getting out of the instant gratification mindset is recognizing that changes take time. And so in the realm of exercise, it's very methodical and very empirical and at times spontaneous and sometimes you get surprised either maybe by an injury or by an accomplishment that you didn't expect from yourself. But it all kind of relies on this fundamental desire to commit just once. And so, you know, if, <clears throat> if you're someone who doesn't exercise and you're looking to start, you just pick any sort of arbitrary goal. You know, whenever you start someone on a weightlifting program, you typically say to just experiment a little bit, pick a low weight for every exercise in that particular regimen that you're going to be doing. See how many reps you're capable of, see how many sets you're capable of at that rep, and then just whether or not you're met with a super adequate amount of resistance, just keep working your way up from there and eventually you'll kind of catch up to yourself and be able to excel in a, in a methodical programmed way. And so, you know, no matter what it is that you're doing, you can just kind of start somewhere and do it and not think too much about 
you know, how do I get started? How do I do this? How do I breathe? How do I, you know, do this, blah, 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 just kind of do it. And um, that's not to say that there aren't countless useful resources like on the internet to research nutrition, basic nutrition, basic weightlifting, basic running, things like that. But the key is kind of just like, you know, uh, until about a month ago, I never, ever ran. Like I would run occasionally with my girlfriend, but I never did it. I was just always lifting or biking. And then my girlfriend started working a very difficult job. And the only thing exercise-wise that she had time to do was run a bit in the evenings. And so I started running. And now I'm like completely addicted to it. Uh, pretty much exclusively because just one day I was like, yeah, why not? I'll come with you and go for a run with you at a very, you know, embarrassingly meager pace. But even just a few weeks later, I've again caught up to myself and, you know, feel a certain sense of accomplishment. And um, kind of once you know what you're capable of today or yesterday or a week ago, you can set your sights on an incremental goal instead of like, I'm going to run a marathon this winter or I want to bench press 200 pounds by the spring or something. And maybe maybe to some people that seems super obvious, especially people who have exercised or have been meditating or running or whatever it is for a while. But it's fundamentally just kind of this mindset thing where the lessons that we learn in meditation of not attaching too much to your thoughts, not giving into impulses, having the discipline to follow through, having the consistency to do it as you're supposed to on the schedule. All of those are sort of anchors of strength that help generally build your sense of self and your sense of confidence and self-respect and ultimately improve your life. And with exercise, I think it's pretty much the same thing. It's sort of this commitment that you can make to yourself that it doesn't have to be extremely strict in what you do or how you do it, but it has to be strict in that you do it. And your body kind of naturally, I think, will push itself if you can just get get there, like get to the track or get to the gym or whatever it is. Um, and relating it to meditation, the same way that the lessons we learn in meditation end up sort of rippling out and impacting us in these macrocosmic ways where you know maybe the things the things people say don't get to us as much or the th insecurities we had about ourselves seem kind of insignificant because we know they're only thoughts or we think twice before giving our input in a situation or making a rash decision because we realize that we're acting on emotion or um maybe we're acting on too much of a principle of rationality and we step back and think, okay, maybe just because I think this is a good idea, maybe it's not all those, those sort of things. With exercise, the practice of gradual growth and gradual change and adaptation and natural resistance and knowing that if you push yourself too far, you'll experience a larger setback than if you grow with yourself organically we can apply those principles to life at large in a very valuable and constructive way in a rather beautiful way as well just sort of because 
the way we navigate the world of thought and feeling and everything else is very intimately linked to how we navigate the physical world and how we deal with our bodies and how we treat ourselves mentally and physically. So instead of following the the popular cultural narratives of what exercise means, what it's good for, how it helps us, um, what type of people do it, I would say figure out a way to kind of just follow your gut with it, but only think about it and follow, like only really think about that methodology after you can commit to doing it. Um, and until you can do that, not to think about it too much, not to read about it too much. Um, you know, the body knows how to run, it knows how to do push ups, it knows how to do pull ups, it knows how to do sit ups. You don't need um, too much instruction to get started. And then once you get started, the incremental, gradual shifting upward can occur. You know, it really, when I, now that I'm thinking about it, it really does apply to everything. And it's, it's very obvious, but it's fun to think about it more carefully because it's so simple yet very useful, you know, kind of just showing up as the practice effectively. When you, when you sit down to meditate, you're going to meditate. You know, when you show up to the gym, you're going to work out, hopefully. When you, you know, call a friend, you're going to have a conversation. When you sit down at the, at the computer and you just write a sentence, you're probably going to keep writing sentences. The key being that as soon as we start to judge ourselves, whether we're saying, you know, I'm too fat or I'm in bad shape or my mind is undisciplined or... I'm bad at what I do or whatever, you know, no matter what sort of negative affirmations we're giving ourselves, if we can kind of train the muscle that goes past that and and overrides that and just does it, that's the crucial thing. Um, The other fundamental thing I think that I learned from exercise that is a challenge for everyone for their entire lives and and there's no sort of magical solution to it but it's the problem of the relationship between self-discipline and self-respect and you see yourself and you see other people behaving in certain ways and you wonder you know why do I do that why do people behave like this why don't people have more self-respect? You know, why don't we have more discipline and more care for ourselves? And I think it's because we don't like to take that initial action to prove to ourselves that we're capable of having self-respect or that we're capable of taking matters into our own hands because it's very easy to blame anything else besides ourselves on what feels inadequate or what feels difficult. Um, But anything you can do that trains yourself to have that generalized, proactive sort of mindset about your life, whether it's getting up early every day, forcing yourself to get up early every day, which I've been doing lately and is surprisingly effective in that regard, or just showing up at the gym, signing up for a class, signing up for a trainer, um, finding a meditation teacher, committing to reading X amount of pages a day, I found that to be very effective. All of these things, 
disciplining yourself in that respect isn't a constraining practice in the way that uh, a popular narrative might want to have you believe. Um, it's it's sort of a door through which you discover self-respect and consistency and you kind of can uncover your, uh, uncover your limitations and then surpass them in a way that you otherwise wouldn't be able to. And I think that's important to remember that it's not, there's not really a competition with anyone other than yourself and not to focus too much on other people, whether you're meditating and you think it's like a fashion statement or you're going to the gym and you're worrying about people looking at you. You know, really none of that, none of that matters at all. And those sort of intrusive thoughts are the same things that, that hold us back from doing a lot of stuff. So it's important to generally try to overcome that mindset just by showing up. That's all. That's the only advice. <laughs> Not too complicated. Uh, I'm trying to keep these short and sweet. So I'm going to end that one there. You can find this and the full archive of podcasts on the dailyzen.org, um, which is the URL of the site that I mentioned at the start of the episode, but stupidly forgot to say what it is. There's a little embed on the sidebar that has all the episodes in it. Uh, and then you can search on iTunes for Daily Zen if you want the podcast to be, if you want to subscribe to it. Um, there's a premium edition of this podcast each week that comes out on patreon.com and it's available to anyone who pledges $5 or more per month, which is just kind of a nice little extra, um, thing for me for producing all this stuff. And then, um, some little extra content for you if you enjoy it enough. So yeah, thanks for listening and I'll be back either later this week or early next week. I'm not sure, but I'll try to be consistent whatever I do. Okay, thanks.